who who is that by? Vanessa Williams. Oh, Vanessa Williams. <laughs> mm. Yeah, she's she's lovely. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> I was watching that creep show documentary, and you know that guy that's like a key grip or something. He's like, oh, I was dating this tomato. And I was oh, like, I can't. I give you Sinatra signature if you want it. <laughs> can't fucking forget that guy. He was a. He's disgusting. He is a definitely what you picture. He was like. He's talking about knowing one of the primary like actors and that, and he's all like, he says it in this like like vengeful voice. He's like, "Yeah, I know people." <laughs> you know, he's fucking weird. Ew. <laughs> they all kind of are though. Yeah. As SFX guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say they are fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I was looking up uh, the guy for the movie I'm I'm gonna be talking about, and he like. I saw a headline where it's like his life and disappearance, and I didn't I didn't look more into it. What? So maybe just disappearance from the um, from the movies. Yeah, the you pictures. Know. Yeah, but I I just made it seem like <laughs> yeah, he just disappeared. I mean, it's either it's either followed by disappearance or allegation is the word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually watched the SFX portion of that documentary today. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, which one? Me. Which documentary? With the thing. Oh, I've got, there's a documentary. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a longer one. There's a couple shorter ones. Yeah, it's uh, an hour 40 minutes. Yeah, the, one the I long watch. one is a little boring at times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until kinda... they get to the special effects. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and then I called Tom and asked if he could do it. And you know, he he didn't want to, but he did. It was just like, <laughs> I don't know. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wow. But he did. <laughs> It was like Grandpa reminiscing corner. Oh like, yeah, God. he was he was looking old for that for sure. Yeah, he was. He was looking like, like a skeleton man. Who? <laughs> John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. John Carpenter. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris Weber. Here, as always, is Heather Weber. Hello. And coming in from Los Angeles, who is it? It's Caitlin Weber. Well, hello. <laughs> you, you, you sound a little sick there kate i'm not i was just trying to be like oh what was the character just like a yokel and some overalls a uh, jordy verrill jordy verrill there you go Durr, hello <laughs> i keep doing that at work whenever my boss tells me to do something I'm like okay boss <laughs> what you want me to do again he never responds it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, what was I supposed to do again, boss? Uh, okay, boss, I'll mix up that color. I wonder if he thinks you're making fun of him, maybe. <laughs> I hope not. God. He's just like, you're fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I was just doing a Jordy Verrill impression. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> yep. it's, you gotta laugh at yourself exactly are you guys excited we're in october oh god it's Yay. already it, it has begun we just carved pumpkins the other night with gina oh that's so that cool was fun. Mm-hmm. and she had never yeah. seen uh the movie i'll be talking about but it was it was great for her to see it really the, i know i said that and then we talked about how you made us watch a bunch of horror movies when we were kids <laughs> and she's all like she's like i just became over i always said uh-uh, i ain't watching that shit <laughs> <laughs> she's like but you had to live there <laughs> yeah sorry no it's funny it's funny 
So I guess since we're in October, we thought we would do a special movie series this month. And uh, as we're watching more horror films than usual. Yes. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I know. I, I just, be, I, I still just be watching them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Bitches be watching horror movies. <laughs> so for this series, we picked our favorite uh, horror films from the '80s, and I, I, you guys probably had just as much of a dif- difficulty picking yeah. as I did. Because I mean, the, the '80s is like this golden age for horror it films. Really is. You know? Yeah, and so like, good. Yeah, yeah. You see the rise of like. Some of the greatest horror directors and, and films and famous and infamous characters. Special effects. Yeah, special yeah. effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Silly and very Mama serious Mia. and theatrical special effects, all that stuff. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Chef's kiss, <laughs> good stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess I'll go first. Yes. Um, so on this episode, my choice, and it was a really hard one, but I chose John Carpenter's The Thing from yeah. 1982. Yeah. Best yes. one for sure. That was on my list. Like top. Three. That was on my list too. Yeah, yeah. Too. always just fucking love that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely one that I could watch anytime, once a month, yeah. even if I wanted. It's so good, dude. I've watched it like three times in the past. I don't know, two months, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good shit. Yeah, it's, it's still it's still good to sit through. Um, it's fucked ass up. Man. Oh, mm-hmm. I dude, I, that's like, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that stuff. But yeah. yeah. So I guess like. The production story isn't as fascinating as, say, The Exorcist one was, but the film displays some incredibly creative monster designs and special effects, Mm -hmm. and there are some themes and undertones that I'm going to kind of be talking about. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about production, just because it's, yeah, just not. Didn't grab you. Nah, not really, you know. So um, I guess we'll get into the thing, or as I like to call it, 12 Angry Men in a Monster. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> I know. Because it, it, it it's kind of like 12 Angry Men. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll do a summary of the film just because um, I don't know if some people maybe haven't seen it and don't really know, you know what the plot um, involves. So, so the film revolves around an American research team made up of 12 men who are doing some scientific research in Antarctica. Uh, They are all alone with little human contact uh, other than themselves. One day, a helicopter enters the camp and is chasing a husky around, uh, and they're taking shots at it. And this perplexes the American team as they look on at this odd display. The Americans notice that the helicopter belongs to a Norwegian research team. So the helicopter lands and two men get out, still hell-bent on killing the dog. One of the men fumbles with a grenade and drops it next to the helicopter, and as he tries to retrieve it, the grenade goes off, killing him and destroying the helicopter, which I don't know why the fuck he did that. That sounded like a gag <laughs> from The Simpsons or something. That's really silly. It is. It's, it is, it's actually very comical to it's, see. Yeah. yeah, it's plot for you in the horror movies. I mean, you yeah. gotta, someone's got to do something fucking stupid every five minutes. I know. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so the dog runs over to the American team, who are now all outside gawking at the site. The Norwegian with the gun runs over, and he's pointing the barrel at the dog and at the team, and he's frantically saying something in his native tongue, which the American team doesn't understand. Uh, The man takes a shot at the dog, but he hits one of the team members in the leg, and thinking that their lives are in danger... Uh, a member of the team shoots and kills the Norwegian. I forgot. All Did about you know? That. Just as a side note, um, it was actually Norwegian. So when it it aired over in Norwegian theaters, it was kind of the movie was totally spoiled from the beginning for those people. <gasps> oh, oh no! Shit. no. <laughs> Do you know what he was saying? Yeah. In that, in, in... I don't remember. 
But I remember that was That's that was a thing. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> we would just fucking walk out of like, the theater. I want yeah. my money back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, you know, the American team, they try to get a hold of someone on the out from the outside to report the incident, but they are unable to reach anyone as winter storms are beginning to ramp up. They are truly alone with no way to contact the outside world. So they find the Norwegians camp and they begin to try and piece together the events that led to the deaths. Uh, at the camp, they find it is in shambles and void of any life. They discover research scattered about in frozen bodies. One of the bodies frozen in the snow um, appears to have human characteristics, but is far from normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking fucked ass up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. The team takes the uh, deformed human back to their camp um, to have the doctor look it over. And as they try to figure out what is happening, we begin to see that tensions among the men are high. You know, they've been stuck together for so long yeah. and isolated from others um, that cracks in their relationships are starting to show and animosities are kind of reaching these these boiling points, mm-hmm. which is going to be a huge uh, part of the theme later. But baffled by the humanoid form, you know, they try to relax that evening and try to settle down after the day's events. Uh, one of the men has a team of dogs, and he puts the dog from the Norwegian camp uh, in with his dogs for the night. No. I know. It's, it's fucking fart, man. So, yeah. Uh, so once he leaves, the dogs uh, sense something is wrong with their new kennel mate. The stranger begins to transform and morph into a biological abomination. Uh, it begins assimilating the other dogs, uh, which is really fucking crazy looking. Yeah. And so, you know, the men hear this unworldly sound and they come armed to the kennel. And when they look in, they just see this mass of gore and like this monstrous form. Which that was a hand puppet. Yeah, yeah, right we'll get there. to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah. I know. <laughs> wow. I'm excited. Yeah, so, so something escapes into the air ducts and they burn what is left of the creature. Um, so now it's kind of running around their camp. I, I must, real quick, I must say that that dog always reminded me, the, the little tendrils coming off reminded me of like rope licorice. And I just always think of that <laughs> when I think of how that puppet looks, looks so tasty and, and candy. <laughs> Actually, we'll get to how they did use some candy for what? some special effects. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was a madman. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm excited. So the team's reeling from this discovery, and the men begin to try and understand, like, what the fuck they've just seen. So in the Norwegians' research that they, they took back, they discovered that the Norwegians were visiting a site near their camp. So the American team, they go to the site, and they find that the Norwegians have discovered an alien craft that had been buried in the ice for more than 100,000 years. And that they had also dug up some kind of creature that is now unfrozen and loose. So the doctor back at the camp discovers that the creature is assimilating life forms and can make perfect copies of them. And so this means that any one of them could be a creature now. And if it gets out into the world, every human could be assimilated within a few years. Ooh. So, yeah, you know, pretty high stakes. Some, That's, yeah. Some body snatcher <laughs> shit right here. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if relationships, tensions, and animosities amongst the team weren't already waning, they were now laid bare as suspicions, alliances, and betrayals hinder the team's efforts to identify and contain the thing. So the team is picked off one by one until the protagonist, McCready. Sexy, um, sexy. Mm-hmm. What yes. is it, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, baby, at his prime. And he was, he was, no. he was McCready. Was his name? Yeah, yeah. It was a, he was like the, he's the Air Force pilot in the in the protagonist. Oh yeah, um, he was totally foxy. Yeah. 
I was like a yeah, husky, and, and I he, tell you. <laughs> yeah, and he's sort of the only one left who, you know, is 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 trying to I don't know who who's really taken charge and trying to destroy the thing. Yes, but uh, you know, but he's also suspicious and and mistrusting of everyone around him. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's where I'll kind of leave it now. Um, I encourage everyone to see it, and that's yeah. basically the plot. It's an amazing movie. I won't, and like I said, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on production. But you know, there's a couple cool facts, and I really want to spend most of the time talking about the special effects because I think that is like the bread and butter of the movie. That's what makes yeah. it mm-hmm. just, like really great. Right. So the idea for making The Thing came from a 1951 film called The Thing from Another World. Ooh! Yeah, so I haven't seen that yet, actually. I want to check it out. It's sort of like a... I've seen some clips from it. Yeah, I've seen some clips. Um, it, it, it's supposedly pretty good. Like, purists are all about it, but I don't know. The the, the monster is pretty... It's like a Frankenstein Silly sorta. looking. Yeah. yeah. Really? But in the 1982 film is is also somewhat of a remake of, of that one, but it more closely follows a story published in the 30s by John W. Campbell called Who Goes There? Ooh, yeah. that's a good which one. Which I found... I did find a copy, and I'm... I'm, I'm gonna read that i think because it's supposed to be yeah. pretty fucking cool that's probably awesome yeah it's sort of like the you know the the early days of sci-fi writing and mm-hmm. stuff so it's yeah a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah so uh one cool fact i which i thought was interesting is um they had courted some writers to do the screenplay and one of them that they had asked was richard matheson yeah um from you know like i am legend fame that's insane yeah he's uh, he's i mean great short story writer like i mean right. prolific short story writer and uh, yeah that would have been fucking cool yeah that would have been cool yeah uh, so, you know, they shot in studio and on location in British Columbia, and they used painted scenes with the actor superimposed over them. So, like, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he worked in really early Hitchcock films. Yes. Where they had the big painted scenes, you know, right. with the actors to kind of, you know, like a landscape or something. Wow. So, so, yeah, so they had that guy who was sort of that early pioneer. And he did, um, like, like the scene with the with the huge craft. That's all, like, a painted um, just, just a huge painting. Yeah, and that was just his design. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it was like I th- they had a whole design team, but um, yeah, it was sort of. Uh, I, I, I think he did, you know, at least a good amount of the design, um, of the ship. Yeah. I know they had a, a model, so they might have worked off off the model. Yeah. Um, because the thing, the thing you see flying in the beginning is actually just a model with like lights and stuff. Oh, wow. I think they're like called plates or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, matte plates. Matte plates. That's yes. Matte mm-hmm. paintings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a master. Yeah, they it looked super fucking cool. So uh, the special effects they used a variety of models, puppets, and animatronics. Rob Bowden worked on the special effects as the designer and supervisor, and he had previously worked on like low budget films, and he worked with Carpenter on the Fog, which I think was like out in like a year or two before they started yeah, doing the thing. That sounds about right. And he also worked on the Howling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Botten would work tirelessly for a year on the effects and creature designs, and he had a team of 35 technicians and artists. And he worked so hard that he made himself, like, incredibly ill from exhaustion, and he would sleep at the studio Mm -hmm. or in a locker room on set, and he would pull, like, seven-day work weeks, like, 16-hour days and shit. For the whole time. Yeah, he, he, like, really killed himself. Yeah, he got sent to the hospital by Carpenter. That's right, yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's like you don't look so good, buddy. <laughs> well, Get and that's the, the thing that all the the people that have been in the industry for a long time is like because of unions, which I am so thankful for. But you can only have eight hour days, really. But back that's in the good. day, it was nine to t- ten hours was norm, maybe even more. 
So yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, it. it, You know, he pulled it off, and and you know, and it looked great. But man, it's just like I don't know, because they, yeah, like they, you know, they would try things, and sometimes things wouldn't work, or they'd have Mm -hmm. scenes, and it'd like cut the scenes later. Um, you know, things would happen to the models or puppets, and, and they get fucked up. That's and the have bitch to about it. a production is you try to plan for as much as you can, and like eighty percent of the time it does go that way. But then when something doesn't work in the middle of a shot, it's like time is money, and it's just crazy. Yeah, and then yeah, you have and, to and, stop and... what you're doing, and then that thing has to halt, and then that costs another day or a week or whatever. It's just yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's just insane that, and actually they didn't do too bad on their budget i mean they no, didn't they go didn't. over too much yeah but that happened a number of times where oh, sure. just the big big money shots totally fucked up yeah, I know, right? really <laughs> yeah oh, no. yeah yeah like like a special effect goes wrong and then like the you know the model or the puppet or whatever is just like again like destroyed and it's like well fuck now i gotta redo that whole thing yep and and also figure out a way to make this effect work right i mean and that's part of the reason that they use um cg so much now is because from a marketing or a a money standpoint or financial standpoint it's gonna do what it's supposed to do you know it won't it will obey you like other things Uh, can't physics will not sometimes i mean i understand that but it's it doesn't make me happy (laughs) <laughs> no, but at the same time, you know, and like the 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 reintroduction of practical effects, I feel like are coming back pretty yes. hard. I feel like there's a devotion mm-hmm. to it because, like, after a point, yeah, the CG does what you want it to do, but it kind of because uncanny wa- valley, it whitewashes yeah. everything, and it's just nobody cares, you know. Nobody respects it. I don't. I think as much unless it's like super well done, which is like incredibly rare. For sure. And like people I've been around have said that, you know, our eyes can tell when something is real and when it is not. And, you know, we've we've become Mm -hmm. more engaged with things that are real. Even if it looks cheesy, it's still like you can feel it more. Anyway, a little tangent, but yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you're right. It's like there's a tangibility to Uh it, you know. Yeah. So Carpenter originally wanted there to be just a single monster. But Botten suggested that the thing should never look the same twice, since it constantly moves around and is assimilating other species, hmm. which is great. I mean, because yeah. now he can explore uh, different creature designs and have several different right. ones instead of just like, yeah, I think it would. I think that would have been lame if it was like just like one right. monster. You know what I and mean? And Carpenter oh, was sure. talking about, um, you know, how he loved watching the old monster movies from back in the day, but it. Really, when it came down to it, it was just a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. And I think after those conversations, it got his wheels turned. Like, yeah, I mean, even Alien was an, an amazing movie. But disappointingly, at the end, it's just a fucking guy in a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was, I'm sure that was a Botten's influence. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, it's, it's how the atmosphere and, like, tension, how they use those. Um, they're more effective than an actual monster a lot of times, Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. in, in this film, kind of, kind of marries both, I guess, because there's a lot of tension, but then it's like fucking crazy ass monsters and, yeah. and creatures. And it's shit, a so. buffet of grotesque, you know, forms in this. Mm-hmm. It's great, and it's like yeah. all of the. I feel like it's a lot of um, 
creatures on earth that are encompassed into one form to kind of like copy where it's like there's a crustacean element there's a bug element oh excuse me there's um mammals there's humans it's just Mm -hmm. it's fascinating even some like botanical yeah Yeah, kind of thing yeah i'll kind of talk about that a little later but yeah it's um it'll i think those will kind of play on some some uh some themes um with the monster you know and and how maybe they influence the designs um, and it's sort of off this theme of like invasion, invasiveness. Right, right. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll talk about that. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Botten had said that the thing had been all over the galaxy and had assimilated hundreds of species. So it could at any time call upon the any of these characteristics. So for instance, the spider-like appendages or the stomach that mm-hmm. opens up into a mouth. <laughs> or you know, or like the giant alien-like claws that like kind of reach up, you know? Yeah. Ugh. That one shot, I'm sure you'll mention it, but where they like find him outside and he's not fully done forming into human. Yeah. And mm-hmm. his hand is still like that. That's almost like Shakespearean goodness. Like it's so <laughs> for like an alien horror movie that was just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a yeah, that's a great scene and shot and yeah. stuff and like the crazy look that he mm-hmm. and like how he gives, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to get the desired gross and gory looks, they use things like mayo, bubblegum heated up, which is it's, it's going to be cool how they use it for other effects. Um, and they use things like KY jelly and cream corn. So, you know, yeah, a lot of foods. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, special effects designer Stan Winston, uh, he created the dog thing, which, you know, for time's sake, he made a puppet. Uh, which mm-hmm. you had kind of mentioned, mm-hmm. and so he created he is a fucking cast. Amazingly legendary, that guy. Dude, yeah, and it's, I mean, and they made huge these huge pieces, yeah. uh, like you know, so like for the dog thing, he created a cast for the puppeteer, and he sort of built the creature around this cast, so he could like be in it. Yeah, and you know, so he he could operate the dog thing, and then they had remote controlled eyes and legs to kind of yeah. you know do the weird movements. Yeah, um, and then he was just kind of in the floor, so they kind of like built things around the puppeteer yeah. which is interesting it's very effective too we was talking about that organic movement with the hand yeah 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 is... it's got that it's kind of got like a smoothness yeah and it's not like kind of jerky like jittery like machinery mm-hmm. yeah so my favorite thing is like one or one of my favorite things about it is that the chest mouth creature or that yes. they call it the norris thing because it takes over a character called Norris. Yeah. So for the for the chest creature scene, they have the doctor get his arms chewed off. And they use some cool techniques to achieve it. So they got a double amputee, and they fit him with the prosthetic arms, and they filled it with, like, wax, bones, rubber veins, and jello. And so the Yeah, so the, yeah. <laughs> the mouth thing is actually a huge mechanical, like, jaw, and it actually clamps shut like a big bear trap. Right. Um, so they had the guy, like, stick the prosthetics in, and then the arm trap just like it severed him, and yeah. uh, and it releases all that gross jello mixture. And yeah. shit. Oh my god! They hired yeah. an actual amputee for that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's a great idea. Fantastic. Wait, was the Instead actor like, or was it just kind of a body double? It was a body double. Yeah, so, and they put wow. a mold of his his uh, the actor's face on him. Yeah, yeah. So you like you couldn't wow. tell that it wasn't the actor. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, and so the Norris thing—it's I mean, it's just one of the coolest creatures in the film because uh, yeah. you not only have the big like chest mouth, but its head becomes a creature on its own. Ugh. There's that scene where the head pulls away and falls off the table, and yeah. you know you see all like the veins and, and sinews being like pulled and and, and breaking. Yeah, um, fucking real. God yeah, so that that was like that was like a sculpted head, and for those veins and insues, they use like rubber and and, and bubble gum. 
like heated up bubble gum because it like wow. it stayed a little more rigid than yeah, yeah. something like jelly. And so, yeah, it's like actually, I mean, it's a great effect. It just like it, it pulls is. and then like, oh, man. It's yeah. So you like, you know, when you remember something and it's like that feeling in your bones of the movement of it and like what it what the tear was like and stuff like that, that, oh, that yeah. one's definitely there. Think of it all mm. the time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of. Like yeah, the head grows spider legs and yeah, so cool. So bad. I mean, like, I mean, like, what could be worse than that? Like, like, as far as like a human body part, I feel like a pelvic bone would be the only other thing that would just be as like uncanny and terrifying. With like, uh, no, pelvic bone doesn't have a face though. I think, yeah, but it's got genitals, and that would be freaky. Can you imagine, <laughs> like, crawling towards you like a spider? Like, if someone's fucking floppy a, a huge dick penis, or something. yeah. <laughs> yes. It's it just got, starts to, like... It's, it's got, like, an eye, like a huge ah! eye in the head. <laughs> you like, pops out. one, I don't like to see this on normal circumstances, and two, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's great, They man. spared us, thankfully. Big yeah. dick spider. <laughs> So, um, you know, the end of the film, you know, with the confrontation at the end with the huge thing creature. And it was like this gigantic puppet. And they said, I think he said, took 50 people just to operate this one piece at the end. And um, yeah, so I mean, they just like they built these these huge to scale monsters. You know, wasn't that the the Wolford Brimley puppet? The Wolford Brimley Oh. The one that comes like through the floorboards and then pops up through the floor. Is yeah, yeah, the one? yeah, 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 yep, yep. Did you know that they did a, an entire stop motion animation sequence for that? Yeah, they didn't use it. Yeah, yeah. isn't that heartbreaking? <gasps> is it Kinda. available to M- see? It might have not. Yeah, looked, you can watch it. It might have not looked good though. You know? I, I, it it didn't look. It looked like stop motion animation oh, to be sure, sure but it's tough. the girl it's who tough. Did... Clash of the Titan shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know he's amazing. But the girl who who recreated that set. Everything was perfect. It was absolutely mind blowing. She did the yeah. miniatures of all that. And That's it was, sick. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah. Actually, have to, you can see it though. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I'll have to it. check it out. Yeah I, didn't, yeah, I didn't see it. So one thing I noticed, and this is kind of going back to our conversation about like the characteristics of the monster. It's like the the tentacles and stuff. That really goes on that on that idea of like invasiveness or or something like parasitic. And I so I'm imagining they they you know intentionally did that, use those to influence it because you have you know like. When it's assimilating the dogs, all those, you know, vine tendrils just kind of spray out and it almost looks like like things start taking over the room, yeah. sort of like how like an invasive plant species will take over right. something. So, and, you know, then you also have like like the insect like legs and, you know, it's kind of parasitic. So it's yeah. Um, yeah, just interesting characteristics that they they use to influence their monster designs. Yes. You know, do you remember the part where the, in the dog bit where this kind of big flower pops out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not, it just like opens yes. up. Yeah. Right. Well, lining the inside of that is actually dog teeth, and the little spikes on the end are dog tongues, and it looks like Whoa. a flower. Yeah, That's it's sick. crazy. <laughs> yeah, or, or the scene when the um, uh, when the guy's head opens up. It's, yeah. It's like a big, um, you know, um, a cannibalistic flower. Uh, like. Oh a, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like a like a fly trap. Fly trap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, cool. that thing's fucking sweet. But actually, <laughs> it made me think, uh, remember Parasite Eve? Of course, yeah. yeah. A lot of those stuff kind of remind me of, of Very true. the designs they did for the game. And, yeah. And so, I yeah. just showed him the trailer for that, like, the other night, like, our PlayStation trailer for Parasite Eve. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. I love that really game. Good. I know. I want to find it, man. It's, it was a cool one. I have Parasite <laughs> Eve 2 on my PlayStation 3. Do you? What? I do. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Was it good? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of it for the effects. effects and stuff. I mean, there's a little more, but those are some of the big, you know, the big ones. So now I guess we'll just kind of, you know, talk about the the movie and, and its themes and, and all in symbolism. So one of the interesting things about this film is the setting, which really not only sets the atmosphere in the in the timber of the film, but it also really reflects the nature of humanity and our views on the foreign or alien. Uh, so the Arctic setting is a kind of terrestrial outer space. It's cold, empty, and it's seemingly void of life. And the spatial emptiness makes it a great setting for sci-fi while, you know, you never actually have to leave the surface of the Earth. Right. You know, it's sort of like, I don't know, when we think about sci-fi, we think about, you know, space. Like and barren and, planets and mm-hmm, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, but it's, you yeah. know, it's uh, our own planet is the the alien terrain. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So Antarctica has uh, been the setting for other proto-science fiction pieces, um, H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountain of Madness, or Mountains of Madness, mm-hmm. uh, John Martin Leahy's In the Amundsen's Tent. God, that's not fucking hard to I've say. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's. Um, I haven't heard of it either. Um, I'm going to have to look them up. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's from 1928. Oh, cool. Um, you know, and these stories are, you know, or similar works were featured in the various uh, early pulp magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, such as Weird Tales, Amazing Stories, Wonder Stories, and Strange Stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love all those. Yeah, I mean, and these are all kind of variations on uh, Victorian adventure stories, which mm-hmm. were often about monstrous races or alien worlds that colonial or imperialist Western culture needed to overcome, uh, mm-hmm. lest they be destroyed. So H. Ryder Haggard is uh, such a writer who exploited the alienness of faraway lands and other cultures, you know, making them an other who wants to destroy the very fabric of imperial Western culture or male-dominated culture, as the subtext subtext reads in his book *She*, which is a pretty cool one. But it's definitely like, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't age well. And I mean, no. this concept even leaks into the radio shows from like the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Mm-hmm. You can still kind of hear similar themes to that, or yeah. just like. The evil is this culture that these fucking white people have basically come into, and they're trying to find like a treasure of theirs. Yeah, and... it's like it's like that like white knight kind of yeah. kind of thing, you know? Crazy. Um, Some like smoking fucking room white bullshit that's still you know like good old boys like yeah mm-hmm. safari exploration all that horseshit. Yeah, exploration. Yeah. Um, she's pretty cool though. It's like if you can get past all that like horribly race racist um undertones and stuff like. Um, it's a pretty cool story, though. Okay, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of cool, cool shit. Have to check it fucking, out. Yeah, some witch yeah. ladies just murking people. <laughs> cool. Oh, Chris, I haven't heard someone say murking in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Merc city. Pull that out. <laughs> so, um, as Elizabeth uh, Leanne writes in her article, the, Ar- the Antarctic as alien space in Who Goes There, the original story, quote, The features of Antarctica that made it so popular among pulp sci-fi writers and readers of this period are not hard to pinpoint. Like the Arctic, the ice-covered landscape of the Antarctic was perceived by many as hostile, unearthly, and surreal. Unlike the Arctic, however, the Antarctic was doubly qualified as as a sci-fi setting in that it was also remote, antipodian, and uninhabited. <laughs> Antipodian. They don't have any ponies, aren't they? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, almost anything could be hidden in its unexplored regions. Unquote. So yeah. you know that's that idea that it's 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 this alien landscape in our own backyard. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly, and just like like the deep ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like those are the closest that we get to some sort of terrestrial 
you know, equivalent of outer space. Right. Enter the Abyss. Mm-hmm. You know, not that movie. Yeah. And, you, you know, so like one of the early shots, we see, you know, the buildings of the base camp sticking up out of the snow. So this is kind of changing gears a little bit. And the structures are, you know, they're being taken over by the cold and ice and snow. And, you know, you only just see parts of it. And it's kind of like the buildings are fighting for supremacy in this hostile landscape. Uh, so we could say that this represents human attempts at dominion over nature and the futility in trying to control forces greater than oneself. Or at least that's just what I got from that. <laughs> nerd! Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. <laughs> just looking at some fucking buildings, nerd. <laughs> Why don't you go play on your computer more? <laughs> Did you ever see the video game, The Thing, for the PS2 in the early 2000s? No, I didn't, no. It's pretty fucking badass. Is it, is it a good game? Yeah, it's oh, really shit. good. Love you're like, right, you're alone out in the middle of the Arctic, like, having to find, like, entrances to these buildings under mm. the snow and shit. It's pretty cool. That's anyway. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and we see this point further illustrated when we look at the ruins of the Norwegian camp. Uh, all the humans are killed, and the ice and snow have reclaimed the base. And they are not just the ruins of a base camp now, but a possible future if the thing gets out alive, the ruins of humanity. So the harsh, cold, and sterile landscape is as much of a threat as the creature is, which is interesting. You have these, this hostile environment that is, you know, it's, it's not only deadly to the, to the people, but it's also deadly to the creature as well. Um, right. Because he has to make sure that he doesn't freeze again, or at the end it wants to freeze right. um, to go back to sleep. Go so the environment sleep. is is a greater force than, than all of it, you yeah. know, which is kind of interesting. That's pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Mother wow. Nature wins. Carpenter juxta- juxtaposes shots of tight, claustrophobic corridors, hallways, rooms, and quarters with the expanse of the Arctic. So we get this feeling that, you know, as, as Leanne said, that anything could pop out from anywhere, which enhances the tension, and it also kind of reinforces this idea that you're not safe anywhere. Right. You should be safe from the elements out you know inside but now there's a monster inside with you and yeah. you'll you'll freeze to death outside so right. you are there's nowhere that you're safe uh yeah oh yeah, it know. is very tense mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. super tense yeah and you know it's though it's technically a classic monster film uh like good like any almost all good horror the monster is always a reflection of humanity right. so in this case suspicion is the monster to be feared mm-hmm the tension that we see between the men in the beginning of the film now turns deadly as they make and break alliances, and they can't even really trust themselves necessarily if, like, some are questioning if they're not a copy. Honestly, know. throughout this whole pandemic, I have been thinking of the thing as far as in professional settings and stuff like that. Seriously. Are you infected? Like, exactly. <laughs> like, are you going to have to shut everything down? Are you going to cost us our jobs or whatever? Like, it's just like, <laughs> That kind of thing is it's interesting. Gotta start burning people. Yeah, burning that blood. (laughs) You're infected. But just that kind of dynamic for sure. Yeah, I mean, and and the whole tension of the film is really revolves around that you know anyone could be the creature, you know, and and you and you wouldn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our fellow humans become alien, and we are now just as much of a danger to ourselves as the monster is. Right. Um, so it's like it's just that it's it's any good horror film. It's always you know humanity is the true monster kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a pretty pretty big theme in in a lot of horror. Yeah. And I mean they do a fantastic job whenever like a monster is discovered, and then it goes from being like a guy that's just like. He's like starts shaking and stuff like that. He goes from like doing a crossword puzzle and then he's like 
<laughs> his eyes just start bleeding yeah. yeah he's like baking a souffle or something really human <laughs> he's like arra- he's arranging cut flowers <laughs> it's like as he's changing he like throws just a little extra salt on the food and <laughs> that's funny you ruined the stew <laughs> <laughs> so um he, this this idea goes even further with how the film plays with the human form so the thing takes over and turns the human form into something both monstrous and uncanny the human form is defiled and it seems interesting that fire plays such a big role in the film it's this, you know, fires the force that purifies and destroys the invasive entity and thereby kind of saves the human form from further desecration. It's, it's just it's crazy how how much they manipulate the human form. And I think one of the things that makes it so unsettling um, that it is the human form being, I guess, like formed and transformed and, and mutated in these in these horribly just, you know, gross ways, like very obscene ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then, you know, there's also a. Uh, Another theme that could be like the dangers of foreign knowledge. Um, and this kind of goes back to them finding the Norwegian research or the Norwegians digging up the alien ship. Right. It's sort of like human intervention in things that should be left alone and unmolested. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of sort of like the sometimes it's better not to know. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you could help yourself, though. If there's a giant ass fucking spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> you find that you're going to be. I would be like, oh, my God, what's in there? We got to figure it out. Fucking cool. What? Not me. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'd want to know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's sort of the thing, right? It's uh, well, He says that the um, Windows, one of the characters, says to another one, like, we, we need to just destroy these things. And the guy's like, the find of a century? You know, like. <laughs> That's you know. me. But it's that conversation. Did he die horribly? Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's the guy who one of the first. He's the guy who um, doesn't quite yet uh, finish forming. You know, and they find him outside. Oh yeah, yeah. Hands. Yep. Yeah. So, but it's that conversation of like, you know, should we be fucking with something like we don't quite understand? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Ah, y'all are no fun. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Heather's right. I I think we should, but you know, it could cost us everything. You know, we could but, die. Yeah, that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just die. It's a... <laughs> I mean, if we left everything alone in ice, we wouldn't know anything. That's very true. We gotta pull up them, like, dire wolf skulls and look at those crazy-ass things and, you know, mammoth bones all all that kind of stuff. (laughs) We've been on a huge kick lately of watching uh, Creatures in Amber, like Locked in Amber and all the scientific discovery they find with that, where it's like... Oh, that's oh, yeah. a dinosaur feather and stuff like that. That's a whole tail, you know? Like, that's a bird, you know? It's crazy. Nerd alert! Yeah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess I don't really have much more. Um, you know, in, oh, okay. in closing, I I really love this film, mostly for the creature design. I think that's, like, you know, it really draws Fuck me yeah. to it. But it's also the fact that it is just another great instance where we as human beings are often just as dangerous and frightening as the creature. The monster enters our lives and upsets our routines, but we then devolve and our fears, suspicions, and anger take over, just as the thing takes over our bodies. (gasps) And at the end of the film, you don't know if the monster is truly dead or if one of these survivors still happens to be the thing, um, because the monster always comes back one way or another. 
And, uh, <laughs> that's why it's a good. I mean, just like you never, you don't really know. Yeah, you know? it's very true. It's, um, I like uh, cliffhanger endings. Yeah, yeah, and you, and you don't know if they if they the survivors make it, you know, right. kind of thing. It's yeah. Just sort of a, but it's like I don't know. I think it's to be understood that it was like sort of a sacrifice. You right. Know? So. Yeah, that's a good flick, man. I really. It's yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, it is. It's really great, and, and yeah, I probably left out a bunch of shit. But oh, there's uh, so yeah. much. There's so much. You about can't that cover movie. it all. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of people who love horror from the like 80s, I would say that they'd want to talk about the thing. I mean, absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's so incredibly good. But um, I I think another thing as far as like communication design goes and the movie poster for the thing, that shit is fucking genius. I love it. It's just that yeah. shining light out of it, and you're just like, "What? The... Wow!" Oh, out of the out of the fa- out of the face, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks, yeah, it looks great. Um, actually, it's really cool. that at the beginning of the film, you know how the thing, um, the the lettering, yeah, the lettering kind of comes through. Oh, so I that just... was actually that was actually a practical effect. Yeah, so I, I think, saw that recently. Yeah, so like, if I can remember, it was this the guy had a fish tank, and he and he cut the thing out of um a black trash bag and he put it over the fish tank and then he had like brought a light up slowly and like started undoing it and i think he did some like lit some things on fire behind it uh it, so the he let, he let the trash bags on fire yeah, yeah so he had it the, was like the a thing were... decal that you could see through and then the trash mm-hmm. bags behind it and then yeah from behind yeah yeah. It's that's just genius, and it, know, it, looks, really it just cool. looks super cool. I, I didn't realize that it was actually a practical effect. Me yeah, neither. You know? I got excited mm-hmm. when I saw that too. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, dude. Um, man, I just uh, the just the creature designs are so fucking rad. Dude. I know, it's, man. It's, it's very um. It's it's disgusting. It's it is. Like, it's true, man. It's, it's like crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like um. Uh, like one of the you know, like Evil Dead, the first Evil Dead, you know, or something. Oh yeah, because it's yeah. um, it's just that like super gross, just like, as gross as they can get it. Everything's wet. Yeah, very squishy. <laughs> Everything's squishy. I feel like the next closest thing to totally like embody it was Resident Evil, as far as like the forms go. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of influences in and there. Yeah, down actually, to the tendrils, that, yeah. those very thin, like gum-like tendrils coming out. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And the splitting dog heads with the, yeah. the things coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a shit ton of. I didn't even think about that Resident Evil thing. Yeah, really. yeah, that's, yeah. That's big that's time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess you guys have anything else to add? I mean, that's that's all I have for for the film. No, I mean, so for the thing is fucking rad yeah and, it's yeah definitely yeah. definitely see it um actually i i thought the remake wasn't bad i didn't see it you didn't dude see it? No. I, I, I didn't thought the remake like was, it you, why not oh no okay so i thought all the set dressing and everything about the movie and the acting was great but i just thought like a lot of things happened cg fucking ruined it i thought the oh, creature yeah. was just fucking dumb <laughs> I did. It was just like yeah. I, I think that the when I remember it, I think of like when, and this is like lost. Wait, wait, like Jurassic Park shit when like the the creatures walking around trying to find the people like in some kind of like hallway or or like library or something, and it's these two faces of like heads of the crew, like of actors that are facing up like like basically the top of the creature's head. And I just remember thinking, that's so silly looking. Oh, my God. I just, I, they look yeah. so, so fucking silly. I guess I haven't seen it in a while then because, like, oh, I, that's a fucking I, remember, I remember thinking it was okay, but. 
I have to see yeah. it again. And maybe it doesn't hold up. Yeah, maybe it may not. Because it was like I don't know, that was like 2011, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I need to watch it. Actually. I saw it in theaters because I was just like, oh my god, this thing. Oh no, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why they do that. It was like when they try to remake Amityville Horror too, and it fucking was or Poltergeist bullshit. Did, did you guys see fucking? Oh no, I didn't see it, but I I, no. I know they did redo it though. I think it was Ryan fucking Reynolds in yes. this. For, for I, Amityville I, I got nothing nothing against Ryan Reynolds. I mean, no, no, and I think also Poltergeist. I have what? nothing they against him, him either. Both? That's so stupid. I'm pretty sure. Let me let me just let me look this up. That's, <laughs> now that's fucking silly, dude. It was so bad. I was I was as angry as I was in It Chapter Two, oh God, and almost as angry as the Dark Tower. I, I didn't see I didn't see the second part to that. Oh, don't so even bad. bother, man. That's Toxan. It's awful. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Sorry, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. I like Sam Rockwell, but no, that wasn't it. <laughs> so bad. It was garbage, dude. Yeah. It really was. I fucking hated it. Yeah. And because, like, the first one's, like, pretty good. You know, it's like, I just, yeah. I Are you talking about Poltergeist still? Uh, I was talking about Andy Horror. Oh, uh, yeah. But actually, I guess but Poltergeist too. you know, as, as well, it's... Oh, that yeah, guy just... is so scary. The only person that was acceptable for Ryan Reynolds to play is the old pastor if he wanted to do some kind of breakout <laughs> new role, but, like, that's <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Um... Oh, there's, like, a scary story behind that, too, where the guy died in the middle of shooting, I think, the fourth movie, and so they took a death mask of him and put it on, the, on an actor to finish the movie. That's fucking creepy. It is. It's <laughs> really, fucking really scary. Guys, man. Even yeah. like the those... director and all of the crew, they're like, we couldn't even look at him. He was so scary. <laughs> Jesus. It's one yeah. of those cursed movie series. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't, a lot I haven't crazy... seen that doc uh, yet either. It's, it's good. good. Yeah, I liked it, it yeah. Mm. Well, I guess we should do socials. Hey. Um, you can follow <laughs> us. <laughs> you can follow us on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Under Pendulum Podcast. Instagram at Under Pendulum Podcast. No! 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 Twitter at Pendulum underscore pod. <laughs> and you can find all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. Heck yeah. You mm-hmm. can find me, Heather, at uh, on Instagram at h.n.thomas, on Facebook at Heather Thomas. And on Twitter at Heather W. Thomas. Heather W. Thomas, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where can they hear your narrations? Oh, yes. Uh, creepy, Tales to Terrify, Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, Pseudopod. What about you, Kate? I've whittled mine down to pretty much just my Instagram for now, but um, my Instagram is Frothy Star Dog. Nice. And also one more thing to add. Attention, everybody. We're going to be doing a giveaway for our October festivities. (laughs) We're putting together like a cute little Halloween box for y'all. It's got a bunch of different cool things we picked up. A little little bit of candy. Just because we we, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be an Instagram based contest. And we will definitely have the rules and a sneak peek put together for you all this week. Mm-hmm. So keep your eyes peeled for that. 
and good luck. That's all right. I I, I kind of might take the box because it's cool. <laughs> There's a lot of cool <laughs> stuff in it. <laughs> I know. If you, if you know mm. us at all, or like, like personally or anything like that, we give some pretty mean presents, so... I'm sure it's going to be. Yeah, I guess a pretty mean Pretty presents. mean presents. By that, it's going to hurt. <laughs> um, oh, and I forgot you can find me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber. Oh, yes. I, I, I got so excited Weber. about oh, the giveaway. It's okay. I got... My mind's super easy. Big brother. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Um, and we'll be doing uh, two more of these movie series where Heather and Kate will talk about their favorite horror movies. Ooh. And... Um, Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.